Stocker trout may be extremely popular with anglers in the western United States, but their reputation for food quality is not very good. We're going to talk about a bunch of ways to prepare stocker trout for the table and make them taste good on this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. I'm Chad Lachance, and you're listening to Fishful Thinker, the podcast. All things fishful, all the time. Hey guys, Chad Lachance here. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. Uh, we appreciate it as we always do. Uh, it means a lot to me that you guys will listen in to what we have to say on any given day, and uh, we appreciate it. But, uh, you know, a lot of people may not realize it, but besides hunting and fishing, which are my two biggest loves in, uh, in life, uh, cooking is right there with them. And the older I get, the more cooking uh, takes even oh, higher precedence, let's just say, um, in, in my uh, priorities of what I enjoy doing. And now in my 50s, uh, it's something I've done my whole life. I started as a little kid. I was the only child of a single mom, and I was handed cooking responsibilities early in life. Uh, and it's something I kind of ran with, and and all the way through my life, I've spent a lot of time in the kitchen, and of course, a lot of time on the water. And living in Colorado uh, for most of my life, I have been around stock trout for a long time, and uh, they're so popular in my region. We've done a bajillion TV shows with trout, with straight stocker trout. And now, and I want to clarify here, we are not talking about high mountain cutthroats. I realize they're stocked. Uh, we're not talking about little brookies because they're delicious all by themselves. Uh, we're not talking about anything like that. We are literally talking about trout that are recently stocked in reservoirs or, or rivers and uh, maybe been in there a year, something like that. So what you end up with is fish that have a distinct flavor to them and distinct texture to them that is not what you would find in a wild, naturally occurring trout. Now, once they've been in any one of these fisheries for any period of time, say a year and a half, two years, their diet has obviously evolved. Their uh, their physique and their muscle tone has obviously involved, evolved as well because in the hatchery, they live in concrete runs. Um, they call them raceways, and they have flowing water, but not a tremendous amount. They don't ever really exert themselves per se, so they don't build any muscle tone. And of course, they're fed uh, hatchery pellets, uh, running joke being Purina trout chow, although I do believe they actually do make Purina trout chow. But uh, but at any rate, they just don't taste like they would if they were in the wild. Now, again, once they're in the lake, like my home lake here, they put them in the lake uh, all over the all over the western United States, but here in my particular lake, they put them in an 8 to 10 inch catchable trout. And the first month they're in here, they're just not very tasty at all. But by the time they're in here a year and a half, they're more like salmon than they are trout because they live on a steady diet of uh, smelt. And they have a dark, rich red meat color to them, uh, very dense, uh, protein dense, a lot of body fat. They taste delicious. But in that period in between, uh, or when they're freshly stocking, uh, is when they have the, the, the distinct stocker trout flavor that a lot of people just flat don't like. And here in Colorado and most of the areas of the West, they stock them in spring and fall. And so right now, there's a lot of them in the, in the lakes where, I mean, they'll literally put tens of thousands of them in the lake and, you know, guys will catch them into ice fishing season. That's the whole point of it. And they're meant to be a put and take fish. They won't reproduce anyway. So they're meant to be a put and take fish. But 
if I'm going to take a fish home, I want it to taste good, period. And the other thing is, even if you choose to not take fish home or you didn't plan on it, in a lot of cases, the way people like to catch stalker trout will end up with fish that need to be harvested because they're not releasable. And I'm not going to go into a whole bunch of detail on that. That's not what this podcast is about. But at the end of the day, if you're taking a chunk of Berkeley power bait and letting it sit on the bottom and waiting for a stalker trout to come by and eat it, which is a fantastic way to catch them, uh, you're going to end up with a lot of deep hooked fish and, and you really probably need to eat those. Uh, and real quick, if you take that same power bait and you mold it into a shape and put a small split shot ahead of it, mold it into something that resembles a spoon on your hook and then retrieve it very slowly, you'll find out you won't deep hook those trout and you can release them if you want. But let's not digress. Let's talk about cooking the little guys. So if you do have to take some of them home, um, first thing I'm going to say right off the bat is if at all possible, if you're, if you're going to plan to take them home for sure, um, have ice available rather than putting them on a stringer. If you are sitting on the edge of the lake and you put a trout on a stringer and that water's still warm, it's September right now, water's still warm, uh, they're going to die in very short order on that stringer and then they're going to sit there in that warm water of you know any of the front range reservoirs or whatever and they're not going to taste good no matter what you do to them. So if I'm going to harvest them, the, the thing I want to have available to me is ice and uh, a cooler. And then what I will do is immediately take the guts out uh, and the gills out, split them from the vent to the, to the isthmus or the part where the gills and the jaw come together, uh, split them lengthwise there. In fact, Outdoor Edge makes a specific tool for that similar to a gut hook. If you're a big game hunter and you've seen the hooks that you use for splitting skin where the knife is on the inside, uh, Outdoor Edge makes a knife that way for trout. It's very, very slick or for fish in general. Uh, it's a flay knife that's got a replaceable blade with a hook on one end, so it's very cool. But at any rate, split the fish lengthwise, pull all the guts out, um, use your thumb to clean out the blood along the bottom of the spinal cord and then our spinal column, and then put them on ice immediately. That's by far the best way to keep them if you're going to keep fish, if at all possible. Uh, I, I will let you know, in a lot of cases, it's illegal to clean fish and dispose of the guts in the lake. Uh, so you may need a garbage bag as well for your gut pile to stay legal as far as that goes. Uh, but at any rate, I want to ice them down as fast as possible. If I can't ice them down, I would prefer to keep them alive. Um, you know, but th either one of those things will help you a lot. Trout are hard to keep alive, even in a live well. Um, but, uh, but you know, it's, it's your best choice if you don't have ice available to you, because if they are not cooled down within a very short period of time, of being dispatched, uh, they will not taste very good. So that's important as well. D debating how I'm going to actually handle them, keep in mind these being freshly stocked trout are gonna be somewhere between about 10 inches long and maybe 18 inches on the outside. So a lot of them are going to be that, that people are going to eat that I commonly see are going to be like a 12 to 13 inch fish, uh, maybe a little bit bigger than that, a little bit smaller than that. The, the smallest ones uh, I learned from an old chef a long time ago, uh, the, the easy, an easy way to do it, we did a kids event and I had a friend of mine that, that helped with it. And uh, he says, well, if we're going to do this kids event, we're going to teach all these kids to catch these little trout then we should also do full circle and teach them how to eat them. And I'm like, well, how are we going to cook trout on the side of a pond here in town uh, that Parks and Wildlife put in there for us two days prior? How are we going to cook them on the side? He says, well, we're going to fry them whole. And 
At first, I was like, ah, they're going to be yucky. They're going to be full of bones and, you know, this, that, and the other. So long story short, the kids would show up with their trout. We had a whole bunch of kids fishing right there, and they were catching them left and right. So the kid would walk over to the, to the table. One person was, was teaching them how to clean the fish real quick, which doesn't take very long to pull the guts and gills and take the head off a trout. Uh, with a quality knife, and then immediately just take that trout and give it a quick dip in buttermilk and then a quick dip in some panko and flour mixed with some seasoning in it. And he just used a canned, uh, like a fried food seasoning uh, that he added to, like a Zatarain's or Shore Lunch type stuff that he added to the... um, uh, to the flour and panko mixture, and then just rolled them in that real quick and threw them right in the fryer and fried them. And keep in mind, these fish were all like eight to 11 inches long. Uh, they've cooked for like four minutes, something like that, and then they'd get golden brown and delicious. And they'd come to the surface and be screaming hot and pull them out of there, set them on a, on a rack to drain, hit them with a little bit of salt and let them cool for a minute or two, and then hit them with a, a quick drizzle of lemon, uh, fresh lemon wedge. And eat them with your fingers, pick them apart, eat them with your fingers. And I was shocked at how good they tasted considering they had literally been put in the lake two days prior. I figured they were going to be borderline inedible and handled like that, cooked that freshly and that simply and with just a a nice crunch flavor on the outside of them. The meat was delicious. It was sweet. Um, It was absolutely delicious. And yes, there were some bones to deal with, but the kids were eating them like finger food, just picking them apart and eating them. And it was great. And so if you're in a camping situation, uh, you have a Dutch oven or something, that may be a great way to handle some stocker trout is just to fry them just like that and fry them whole. It's quick and uh, it's efficient. And of course, anything fried tastes good, right? So that was one way to handle them. I've subsequently done them at home that way a bunch of times and they're delicious, absolutely delicious. Um, One of the things I've found that will help if you're gonna do it at home Take any, with any of the stalker trout that you're going to eat, no matter what, if you're going to deal with them whole as opposed to filleted uh, um, or staked, as the case might be, then to brine them lightly, um, when you clean them or after you clean them and you ice them, the, the next best thing to do or the next thing you should do is put them in a bowl of ice water with some a mix of ice and water, obviously both in there, not just cold water, ice water with uh, a roughly 5% salt solution, which is eh, something like three quarters of a cup of, uh, somewhere between a half and three quarters of a cup of salt to a gallon of water. Um, put the ice water, put the salt, put a tiny little bit of sugar in there, like uh, maybe a tablespoon of sugar in there, and let them sit in that for like two hours in the fridge. Um, you know, an hour, two hours. Don't leave them in there too long or they'll be fully brined. But you want to leave them in there for a couple hours if you can. And what that, what that will do is it will firm up the flesh a whole bunch. And it will just do a little bit of a season to it. It will make the the, the flesh have a different texture and a little bit more flavor to it, uh, and it works really good. If you're, depending on how you're going to cook them, one of the things I recommend is to score them as well. So cut them across the body, down to the spine, but not through the spine, in like three or four places along the, along the side of the trout, and do the same on the other side. That will allow the brine to soak in a bunch and also suck up whatever seasoning or flavoring you put on the trout when you cook them. So that's another option. That's one way I do it when I'm going to smoke them, and we'll talk more about that here momentarily as well. But a quick brine like that is something that I will do almost always 
Uh, even with a trout that I'm going to fillet, I'll take the fillets off the side and then throw them right in the brine. In that case, you only want to leave them in there for like 15, 20 minutes tops because they will suck up a bunch of that flavor in a hurry once they're filleted. So keep that in mind. But getting them chilled and lightly salted like that will make a big difference. So, um, and, and that would be the same if I'm going to fry them. Of course, if you're going to fry them, you need to make sure you get them thoroughly dried uh, to the point of even putting a pellicle on them in the fridge. In other words, leaving them uncovered in the fridge on a rack or on a paper towel, something that will suck the, the moisture out. Because if you leave them wet at all and then you throw them in a fryer, you're going to have a mess that you don't want. So keep that in mind. Um uh, so let's talk beyond frying them. The next most common way I think that I will cook them uh, will be to cook them whole and do them in a foil packet and do them on the grill. And the reason I put them in a foil packet is they retain whatever seasonings and flavor I want to put on them and they don't dry out. These are small fish and they don't have a lot of body fat to them. So they will dry out and you know, you've got to be careful about how you handle them because of that. So I like to use heavy-duty aluminum foil, make a packet with it that's that the trout will fit in. Um, I always cook them head off. That's just a personal preference. Uh, a lot of people say, oh, traditionally they should have the head. That's up to you. I take the head off the fish. Obviously, the, the guts and everything are out. And otherwise, leave them whole. And then I will, in that packet, will add some sort of fat. In my case, typically butter, because butter and fish go together fantastically. But you can also use bacon fat, and you'd be surprised how good that is with trout. It was particularly with stalker trout, or a mix thereof. So maybe a per fish. Let's say that you have, you're going to put one fish per packet. I would put maybe a tablespoon total of some sort of fat in there. Uh, again, bacon fat or, or butter being my first two choices. Um, also some sort of acid. So, uh, white wine, uh, lemon juice, um, you know, something along those lines to give it a little bit of a flavor punch. My personal favorite is a splash of Chardonnay, uh, in there. And I'm talking maybe a, a tablespoon or two of that in the packet with them. And then whatever, uh, season them with salt and pepper inside the cavity and on the outside of the skin. And then whatever herbs you happen to like, uh, and literally that could be almost anything. You you pick whatever herbs you like, or a mix of herbs, uh, province herbs, uh, you know whatever herbs you like. But put some of that in there. Uh, seal the packet up real tight so that no moisture gets out. And then put it on the grill and rotate it about every five minutes until the fish is done. It won't take very long inside that packet because there's a little bit of a pressure cooker thing going on. The packet will balloon up. Uh, as the moisture gets uh, gets hot and swells, and when it does that, after it's been on there for maybe 15 minutes, I will crack the packet open gently uh, without tearing it and check it with a fork. And what you want it is to barely flake. You want to be able to stick the fork in the side of the fish and barely twist it and have the meat start to flake, skin and all. If it doesn't easily flake, uh, tighten the packet back up, check it for moisture, make sure there's still a little bit of moisture in there, seal it back up, put it back on the grill for however long you need. If it forks easily, go ahead and take it off. Um, the other thing is it will continue to cook in that packet. So you can cook it maybe three quarters of the way through and then just take the whole packet off and set it aside and it will stay that way and continue to cook for a while, and it will finish that way. If you have the time to do that, that yields the best possible flavors, in my experience, uh, and let it just finish in its own juices and then go from there. Uh, really delicious to do that. A couple things you can add if you're going to go that route. 
you can add uh, some rice into the cavity of the fish, some nice seasoned rice into the cavity of the fish, that really good flavor that way. You can also do wild rice, which isn't really a rice at all, it's a seed, but we don't wanna go down that road. Uh, use the wild rice in there, also very, very good. Another thing we've done in the past is really good combination is orzo. Uh, you could put orzo in the fish that's par-cooked and go that route with it. It is delicious to do that. And because you have little trout, you're, you, you don't need a lot of any of these ingredients. So, you know, I would recommend doing three or four of the trout at a time if you can for, you know, depending on how many people you have. Uh, it's going to take probably two 10-inch fresh stockers per adult. Um, and if they're more like 15 inches, then probably one per adult is, is plenty. But, uh, but anyway, doing them in that foil packet like that's a really, really good call. Now, if you're home, you can also do them in like a glass baking dish and follow the same basic premise of the whole thing. So in other words, some fat, some acidity, um, and, uh, and then your seasonings of whatever it is that you like on there. And that, that, and then seal the dish up real tight and put them in the uh, put them in the oven that way and do the same kind of thing. A glass dish works great for that. Um, that works really good and makes them for for you know an, an excellent trout as well. Uh, another really good way to handle it if you're going to to deal with a whole stocker trout is to grill them whole and. In this case, I will uh, brine them a little bit longer for starters, and then I will brush the inside of the cavity thoroughly with butter, and then in a lot of cases, I'll tie them closed. So I'll just use butcher's twine to make a couple of ties around the fish to seal the cavity up. Another possibility is to use like a skewer and, uh, and go that route, and so just poke that through the belly skin and hold them closed that way. But however you choose to do it, putting enough fat inside that cavity, seasoning and fat, salt and pepper. Um, by the way, white pepper goes excellent with trout and fish in general as opposed to ground black pepper. Um, but that's a whole other story. But I like ground white pepper on any kind of fish that I'm cooking instead of black pepper. Uh, but then trust the fish closed, tie it closed, use a skewer, like I said, whatever. And then put it on a very hot grill. And I mean hot. And the, the point of it is going to be to char the skin. And by doing that, the fat that's between the skin and the muscle will all render into the meat. And then when you get ready to eat it, you'll just pull the skin off with a fork. And if you've done it right, the skin will come off very easily and expose just the flesh. And that is a really delicious way to do them. You have to be careful about your timing, your cooking timing with them. So again, when you think they're done, when you think there's any chance they're done, stick a small fork in one side, even a small cocktail fork, and twist it so that you can get an idea. If they're not quite done, leave them sit. This is again a scenario where you could also pull them off and wrap them or cover them and they will finish on their own that way. Uh, fish just needs to be barely done. You, worst thing you can do to fish is overcook it. Do not overcook it. And if it doesn't matter if it's a brand new fresh walleye or a yucky stalker trout that's been in the lake for a day and a half, if you overcook them, it's not gonna taste good. So keep that in mind. That's why I like to a lot of times let them finish under their own power with uh, their residual uh, residual heat. But doing them on the grill that way can be really good. In that instance, I might leave the head on as well to protect the meat at that end of the fish from drying out and then take the head off along with the skin prior to service. A very, very good way to go about them. 
Also in that scenario, I might add a significant amount of Cajun seasoning uh, to them, uh, or in the foil packet for that matter, uh, which brings a, a big bomb of flavor to stuff. And, uh, and we'll take uh, even the worst trout, uh, will make them taste quite a bit better that way. And so that can be really good, a uh, little Cajun on there. But in the grill, particularly when I grill them whole, I definitely like to do them with, with Cajun seasoning. Similar to that, and along the same lines, I can do them in a cast iron skillet. If they're small, take the heads off. Again, we're talking fish that are 10 inches long with the head. So a, a number 12 cast iron skillet, no problem. You can do two or three of them in it. Uh, in that case, I would put a significant amount of butter in the skillet. I would season them heavily. Again, they've already been brined, but I would season them heavily. And then I would leave them skin on and throw them in the skillet. And, uh, and then when the skin, the skillet's preheated and the, and the fat is in, it's already hot. Uh, maybe an eighth to a quarter of an inch of butter. We're not trying to deep fry these things, but we definitely want a fair bit of fat in there with them. Uh, as soon as the skin starts to peel off the flesh that are done on that side, flip them over. Uh, again, just barely cook them all the way through and take them off, and then you can pull the skin off with the fork. It won't be as crispy in that case, but it'll come right off. And in the case of that, it's edible. When I cook them on the grill, I char them hard enough that the skin is is burnt. And the reason being is I want that that kind of little bit of char flavor to get into the fish, and I want all the fat to fully render. So their skin is charred. But in, when I do them in the cast iron, I do it with a little bit cooler temps. Obviously, it's got more moisture. The skin doesn't burn, and it is edible if you want to eat it. It's, uh, it's good for you, by the way. Fish skin is very good for you, so you should eat it if you, uh, if you like it. Uh, so that's a really good way. And then another, another way I commonly do them, um, and, these are, and what inspired me to do this is we do a lot of trout fishing this time of year, and, uh, and I've got several of them in the, in the freezer that a friend just came home with the other day because he knows I like to cook them. He caught them a couple days ago, froze them immediately, and then brought them over. And so what I'm going to do with those this weekend, actually, is brine them heavily. So in this case, they're going to stay in the brine for four or six hours, maybe even a little bit longer than that. It will be a solid 5% solution. It will also have sugar in it, and it will also have a little bit of acidity in there, either some wine or some lemon juice or maybe even a, a tiny bit of, say, uh, rice wine vinegar or apple cider vinegar. Uh, and thoroughly brine them. They will be scored on the side as well. I'll score them all the way through the flesh down to the spine on both sides uh, before they go in that brine. But then I'll take them out, I'll put them in the fridge, uh, and I'll let them just sit there and dry, basically form a pellicle on a, on a, a cooling rack in the fridge, uh, and let them stay in there for maybe three or four hours after they're in the brine, and let them cool all the way down and form a pellicle and and uh, and get as you know uh, firmed up and dry as they can get. And then I'm going to go put them on the smoker. Now, I cook on a pellet smoker uh, because of the convenience factor of it. Uh, whatever smoker you have, you can even use a smoker box um, and and do them like that on your regular barbecue grill. Uh, if you've got good temperature control on your barbecue grill, just use one of the little cast iron boxes with some wood chips in it and go that route. Fish soaks up smoke in a hurry. So it's not quite the same as something like a brisket that needs a ton of smoke to make it taste good or make it taste you know classic anyway. So uh, I'll put them on the smoker. Depending on the size of the fish, they're going to be somewhere between about an hour and three hours. Always going to be somewhere around the 200, 225 degree range on the smoker. And I like to do them with a delicate wood of some sort. This is not something you want to do with mesquite or hickory. Typically, I will do them with uh, applewood. It's very, very good. And then I'll smoke them until they're done, uh, but not dried out. I just want them barely done. And then when you take them off the smoker, 
let them cool down a little bit, and then you can peel the skin off, and then you can very carefully with a fork flake the meat off of the skeleton. And if you do it right, at the end, you should look like something out of a Garfield cartoon. If you guys remember old Garfield with the whole skeleton of the fish. So gently pick the meat from the spinal column up and then pick it off the rib side with a fork. Again, this, the, the scoring will help with that. Uh, help the meat come off easily in big giant chunks and the only thing left will be little hair like pin bones in there but all the main rib bones and spine bones and all that are gone do the same thing with both sides of the fish and from there you've got almost boneless but maybe not quite boneless picked meat and that meat is really good for a couple things if you're my favorite thing to do with it is for sure to make a smoked fish dip with it. And uh, so in that case, I'll go through with my fingers and pick out any of the bones. So crush it all up with your fingers. Make sure you get all the little hair bones out of it. And then mix it with a few different things and make dip. Now, there's a million different ways to make fish dip, but they're all going to revolve around some sort of mayonnaise, uh, uh, cream cheese, um, you know, uh, sour cream, there's just a bunch of different bases you can use for fish dip. But the key here is that the seasoning on the trout is becomes the flavor, uh, the base flavor of the, of the fish dip. So if you're doing a traditional, you know, maybe a European style fish dip, then I like to put a little bit of lemon juice and some capers in it. Uh, make the dip really pop and, uh, and then leave, have the trout really fine find pieces in there. Another possibility, if you, if, let's say you're doing a bunch of it and you don't have to go through and deal with, with little tiny bones that might be in there, um, you can take that fish and put it in a, in a food processor and you can pulse it and it will cut those bones down to the point where they're uh, very, very small and you're, no one's going to choke on them. It'll break them down. And then you can basically make a mousse with it, uh, like a spread as opposed to a dip. And um, that's a really good way to handle it. It's delicious. And then again, you can take it down whatever flavor profile you want. You can go down to Cajun fish dip and, you know, with some hot sauce and stuff like that. You can go French with the capers and, and you know, the, the lemon. You can, you can really literally go any direction you want to go with it as far as your dip goes or your, or your mousse. But that's a really good way to use uh, a stock or trout is to blend it into a dip like that. And it's very, very delicious. And most people would never in a million years know it's, it's even trout. Most people think it's salmon when I serve it to them like that. So, uh, but that's really good. If you have a little bit bigger stock or trout, say you've got the 14, 15 inches, been in the lake, you know, six months and they've done some growing. And in, in my home lake, they'll grow an inch a month, sometimes more. So if they're put in there in September is eight inches and I catch them in December, he's already 11. You catch him in spring and he's like 15, 16 inches. And by then he's starting to look like a real, a real trout, not a stalker. But at any rate, um, you get those ones that are maybe 14 inches, 13, 14 inches, and you smoke those, that meat can be picked apart gently, same as we did the other one, using a fork, and just pick the meat off it after you smoke it, and then serve that on crackers, of some, chill it down, and just serve it as cold smoked trout, similar to uh, you would smoke salmon, and just serve it with crackers or whatever. Um, it is absolutely delicious if you do it that way. And again, it comes down to how much flavor did you put in it. The, the key is, we don't want to completely overpower it with, with seasonings uh, to the point where it's not recognizable, but we want to give it enough flavor that your tongue doesn't immediately go to that stalker trout flavor. And if you've ever had stalker trout that weren't done that way, you'll know what I'm talking about. You'll get a distinct kind of a mushy texture and a distinct kind of a pellety, yucky, muddy almost flavor. 
you want to add enough flavor with however you're going to cook it that your tongue gravitates towards that, but it's still got the, the fish undertone to it that, that makes trout what it is. And trout's a little bit oily in the first place, so it responds well to a lot of things. Uh, the older they get, the longer they're in the lake, the more oily they will get and the better they will get. So just so you know. And once they've been in the lake for like two years and they've grown up and turned into to big trout, then you treat them how you would have any other fish. In that case, what you know, I would most often fillet them. It is very rare that I fillet a stalker sized trout because the size of the fillets are little and therefore delicate and hard to cook. Plus, I'd rather leave all the skin. Uh, anytime I'm cooking a salmonid, uh, trout, salmon, whatever, char, uh, I like to leave the skin because the, the fat that renders when you do so is really good for one, and the, the flesh is delicate. The skin protects it from the heat, and, uh, and it works really good. So stalker trout, get out and get some power bait or a, a Johnson minnow spin or whatever, and go catch a bunch of them. Uh, they're delicious. They're meant to be eaten, but they have to be handled a little bit carefully. If you guys have questions on any of this, definitely join our Facebook uh, at Fishful Thinker. Of course, there's photos and stuff uh, always on Instagram at Fishful Thinker as well. Uh, there's videos of some of our trout cooking on the YouTube channel. You may be hearing our podcast on YouTube as well, but on there's also videos of several different trout preparations on our YouTube channel. That's at Fishful Thinker too. And, of course, we've done cooking segments on the TV show for years, and you can check that out at World Fishing Network and Altitude Sports and Entertainment. So get a stock of trout, cook it up, serve it to your family. Everybody will be happy. So thanks for listening. This has been Fishful Thinker, the podcast.